into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to try for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. Out of RBI, hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Out. The 0-2 What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. Uh, it's actually a mailbag episode, so I got some user-submitted questions earlier this week. Uh, looking forward to, to giving some answers to them and um, a couple other Phillies things to talk about. But this week, I am joined again by Phillies Nation editorial director Tim Kelly and Phillies Nation deputy director Destiny Lagardo. Tim, Destiny, how are you guys doing? I'm happy. I'm excited for the season or for spring training to get going. Like at the end of last season, between all the doubleheaders in the bullpen, I I was really worn out. But the last couple of weeks, I've started to get that itch back. Yeah, when you're listening to this, it should be six days in, which is kind of insane. This offseason has been so long, but we survived it. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a really long off season, and it was really really slow for about eighty percent of it. And it's I think it's picked up the last three or four weeks, which has helped it move by a little quicker. And like you said, we're we're a week right as we're recording, we're a week out from pitchers and catchers reporting. Um, what like seven weeks until opening day around there. So pretty exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to having baseball back. Uh, before we get into the questions. Um, one more, one Philly signing to talk about, and that's Brandon Kinsler, a relief pitcher who was with the Miami Marlins last year. They signed him to a minor league deal, but if he makes the major league team, he will get paid $3 million. Uh, Tim, what is your re- initial reaction to this signing? I like it. You, you and I were talking about it off air, and it, it really seems like every year teams make these signings where they invite some relief pitchers that are veterans looking to bounce back or whatever to Major League Camp. But it seems like this year the Phillies have actually gotten some guys that were coveted by other teams and chose the Phillies potentially over options with other teams. So uh, you, you never know, but it can't be worse than last year. And I think a really interesting part of the signing is that Bryce Harper had something to do with that. It makes me think a little bit, you know, Dombrowski's the, the man in control, but does Harper have a little bit of influence on this roster? Yeah, uh, our own uh, Ty Daubert tweeted, you know, two years ago that Bryce Harper said that there was a, a specific guy coming off the payroll in two years. And, and you know, today the Phillies got him, so... Um, now, obviously, Harper was talking about Mike Trout and not Brandon Kinsler, but um, I, I do agree. It's it's uh, pretty interesting that uh, that Harper seems to have some pool with with some guys. So with that, we will actually jump into our mailbag questions. We got some from some from Facebook, some from Twitter. Uh, unfortunately, we can't answer all of them, but we are going to answer as many as we can. So the first comes from Mike from Facebook. Uh, will the Phillies go after another free agent starter or a center fielder before camp? Um, Tim, I'll let you start. No, in both cases. Now, they may add another free agent on a minor league deal with an invite, but they've already added Matt Moore and Chase Anderson on major league guaranteed deals. In addition to uh, Ivan Nova, like they, they've given themselves some options there. And then in terms of center field, internally, you have Adam Hazley, you have Roman Quinn. 
I don't really know exactly what the status of Mickey Moniak is, but it sounds like from some of the reporting with Bob Brookover that the Phillies are at least weighing the possibility of inviting Odubel Herrera to Major League Camp. And I would imagine what they're doing here is putting this out to the public as kind of a trial balloon and seeing the reaction and deciding whether they feel like uh, the negative reaction that this will rightfully get is worth what they think Odubel Herrera could provide in center field. That is maybe not a moral way to look at things, but I, I think that probably is what the dynamic is internally. Yeah, and as far as the 40-man roster goes, they don't have a lot of space. I know when Sir Anthony Dominguez on February 17th, they're allowed to add him to the 60-day IL, and that opens up our spot for you. But other than that, like you pretty much just have David Hill, who you could designate for assignment. I know uh, Megan Montemero of The Athletic reported, well, formula, formerly of The Athletic, which I'm very sad about. She reported that the arbitration deals the Phillies signed are not guaranteed, so it wouldn't cost a lot of money to to get rid of him. But yeah, they just don't have a lot of space for these additions. I, I feel like the Phillies are pretty comfortable with where they're at, where at the very least, they're kind of like, it is what it is at center field. Dave Dombrowski was asked about what the public perception would be. And he pretty much said that that's not really a factor. I, I don't know if I really believe that, but yeah, I, I really don't know about Odubel Herrera. Yeah, the I think when Matt Klentak was the general manager, there was this feeling that the Phillies would say, yeah, we're considering it, whatever, just so they didn't basically get a grievance filed against them. But since Dave Dombrowski's taken over, and I don't know that he's necessarily driving the ship of giving Odubel Herrera a second opportunity with the Phillies, but I have kind of gotten the sense reading between the lines of listening to him talk that it's maybe been more considered this offseason than it has last year. I don't know what's changed between last offseason and this offseason. I haven't talked to Odubel Herrera, though, and potentially they have. So uh, it, there's a lot of things moving here. You also have Scott Kingery, of course, as an option in center field. So what Destiny said, though, is exactly right. Even if he gets invited to camp, it doesn't really mean that he's going to be on the team. Because he's no longer on the 40-man roster, he would have to blow them away coming into camp having not played professional baseball in almost two three years, whatever it was, uh, two years, it, it would be hard to do, I think. Yeah, I just generally I, don't – go ahead, Johnny. I was just going to say I, I agree with that. I mean, he, he hasn't played in two years. He also was, like, really not good for about a year. His last year he played before he was um, suspended. Uh, so I, I, I don't see it manifesting to him actually making the team. But like you said, it, it does feel like a possibility that he gets an invite. Yeah, and I mean, I, I understand that they they could look at this and say, of all these baseball players, Odubel Herrera might be the best. You could also look at it and say, based on the last year he's had, he might be the worst. But for a team that is desperate to make the playoffs, are they considering the possibility that for half a season he could get hot and that helps them get back to the playoffs? Probably, yeah. I just generally don't see a world where Odubel Herrera is better than like Adam Hazley. I, and I know like, you know, Adam Hazley, Scott Kingery, like the options in center field are very underwhelming, but I, you said like he has to pretty much blow them away to get back on that 40 man roster. And I just don't see it happening. And, and probably the, the conclusion to this will be him getting released at some point this season. Um, and they haven't done that now because, you know, there was some talk about salaries being prorated again. If they released him before the season started, 
then they would be stuck with his full pay. Um, so I, I, I do feel if the Phillies, they just kind of want to, you know, get themselves away from Odubel and possibly just release him at some point this season. I do think there, though, uh, and I, I wouldn't add him back onto the roster. I'll be upfront with saying that. I do think, though, of those four, at least when you include Adam Hazley and Roman Quinn, I think Odubel Herrera is absolutely the best baseball player of those three. And there's the possibility, the thing with Odubel Herrera is when he's bad, he's the worst player on your 26-man roster. When he's on, though, he can carry a lineup. And I, I don't doubt that had he not gotten arrested and self-inflicted this uh, whole scenario onto himself, he probably would have gotten hot later that season. That's kind of how his career went, that he would have one great month, one horrific month, and one kind of in-between. So if the Phillies are going into this expecting him to be the best center fielder in the league, then they're wrong. But if they're going into this thinking we don't have a specific center fielder, but Odubo Herrera could maybe carry the load for two months and then maybe Roman Quinn will have a few good weeks and you can kind of piece it together. I at least see that from a baseball sense, from a public relations sense, it's, it's a very different thing. And again, it's because Odubo Herrera committed a crime. He has no one but to blame but himself. Yeah, um, I think that, that pretty much uh, sums that up. So on, on our next question, uh, do the Phillies need a power bat from the bench to replace Jay Bruce? Um, before we answer that uh, at, at his press conference today, announcing at the, the press conference announcing that the Phillies had signed Didi Gregorius, uh, Dave Dombrowski also said that they signed Matt Joyce to a, you know, uh, he's going to come to spring training as a non-roster invitee. Um, I don't think he's like the Jay Bruce replacement, but he's an option. Um, his, platoon, his platoon splits are, are pretty insane, but uh, he can hit pr- righties pretty well. Um, but but back to the back to the question, I think they need someone, and I think that's probably their last move of the offseason is is signing a, I don't know if it's a Brad Miller. They've been linked to Marvin Gonzalez, um, but, you know, Gonzalez, a switch hitter, but a lot better from the right side. I don't know where they go. I don't know if they look for versatility, which um, Gonzalez probably offers better than anyone on on uh, the market right now. But, but uh, Tim, I'll throw it to you. What What do you think? I think they do need someone. It could still be Jay Bruce. He's still a free agent. The problem with Jay Bruce, like over the last two years, he's essentially th- this type of player that is either going to hit a home run or strike out, but he hit a home run at a high enough cliff that it was worth it. And actually, metrically, he graded out pretty well in the field last season. The problem is he just hasn't been able to stay healthy since he's been with the Phillies. So if you go in another direction, Matt Joyce is maybe part of that. But you're also back to the wonderful, and I say that sarcastically, world of pitchers hitting where you're going to need a lot more pinch hitters than you did last year. And I think that's a lot more along the lines of what Matt Joyce would be. I think Brad Miller would be a great option. I thought he would have been a great option last year as well. So uh, you, you have him and Shinsu Chu is also someone that John Heyman linked them to. So you have a few options, and I do think they need to add another person whether it's Brad Miller, Jay Bruce, whoever. I, I'm a little less high on Marwin Gonzalez because I think you need like a, a real potentially impact bat off the bench and someone that if Andrew McCutcheon struggles or whatever the case is, can play left field once in a while. Yeah, and I don't think the Matt Joyce signing takes them out of Brad Miller. It kind of, it feels like them bringing in like Josh Harrison and Logan Forsythe, like guys just to compete for a spot on the bench. I, I don't think he's the answer. But 
you know, we've been talking about it since forever that Brad Miller is, a, is this great option for this team. And he's probably the best fit for what they need because they do need that power bat who could come in in the eighth inning and get you a key hit. And they also need a guy who could play multiple infield positions and play the outfield. So it, it just makes too much sense for them to not seriously consider signing Brad Miller. Yeah, I, I think everyone at Phillies Nation for the past year and a half has been making you know the argument for Brad Phillip, Brad Miller to be a Philly. Uh, obviously, Ty wrote that article last year, and uh, I think yeah, it's it, 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 it's not a bit like that's the thing. Like, I don't want to out <laughs> anyone. Kind of, no, it kind of is. <laughs> okay, but it's a bit that's true. Like Brad Miller is legitimately like yeah, it's a bit to a degree, but Brad Miller actually was excellent with the Phillies. He was had a really hot stretch last year with the Cardinals as well. I think he's the best option available for what you're looking for. And the fact that there isn't a DH this year could benefit you in getting him to come here and maybe come here at a slightly cheaper price. And we haven't heard much about his market. I know Marvin Gonzalez's market's kind of heating up, but, you know, Miller was linked to the Phillies. I, I don't know if the Cardinals are thinking about um, re-signing him, but if they could get him on a cheap deal, like it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he hits without batting gloves, and he's good at it. I don't really know what, what more you need um, from <laughs> your power hitting lefty off the bench. But uh, our, our next question, it's a, it's a good one. It comes from the uh, Francie in LA Twitter account. Uh, who, finish, who finishes fourth and fifth in games started by a pitcher this season? Um, obviously, we're all going to go under the assumption that Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Zach Eflin all uh, stay healthy this season. Um, Destiny, I'll start with you. Who do you think – finishes fourth and fifth I know you you cut off a little bit but like this question's kind of hard because I also think about like how the Phillies have been so lucky with Nola getting like being pretty much healthy for the last three years that I'm kind of thinking like this could be the the year where they they lose him for a significant amount of time um it's not it's not a good thought to think about um Zach Wheeler had that middle finger problem that could impact his ability to be you know top three in starts and then Eflin's been pretty prone to to back injuries and whatnot um but I, I do think they're going to be in the top three in starts as far as like fourth and fifth uh I I gotta go with Matt Moore I I think they're really intrigued by him they're really intrigued to have finally have a left-handed arm um I think he'll be the best out of you know him and Chase Anderson so I'll, I'll go with him fourth and then fifth like Spencer Howard um I they do have to control his innings at the beginning of the year that'll impact the amount of starts that he can make. But I do think he'll build up that arm strength, get that velocity up, and eventually he'll start a lot of games for the Phillies. Vince Velasquez is kind of a, an interesting case because he's not a very good reliever and he's not a very good starter. So where do you where do you put him in that equation? Um, I do think he'll, he'll rack up a lot of starts. He has a good chance to, to get, you know, he, he just – he has a good chance of starting a lot of games. I don't know if it'll be the, you know, the fourth most amount of games, but it'll be interesting to see how his season unfolds. Yeah, he hasn't been consistently, at least, a very good starter or a very good reliever. But one of the concerns about him early when he got to the Phillies and people were really high on him was that he had injury problems. 
And minus that time he got hit in the hand and made the play with his left hand, he's been pretty healthy over the last few years. So he's a body that has eaten innings for the Phillies. So he is an option here. But I'm going to go with Matt Moore and Chase Anderson. It's one thing to sign a guy to a minor league contract with an invite to spring training. Both those guys got major league deals. So uh, I would think they're going to open the season as your four and five starters. Vince Velasquez is kind of swing. And it wouldn't shock me entirely if Spencer Howard's not even on the opening day roster, if he's in extended spring training or whatever that looks like this year. We don't know exactly what the minors are going to look like, but to the point where they're able to control him, where in the second half of the season and maybe even in the playoffs, you don't get into the situation with Spencer Howard where it's like Matt Harvey or Steven Strasburg and you have this big debate about whether you can use him in the postseason. So that's how I'd see it shaking out. Ranger Suarez is an option. Go down the list. But I would say Matt Moore and Chase Anderson would be your guys there. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, and, and Anderson and Moore are guys who have been healthy, at least recently. Obviously, Moore threw more innings in Japan than anyone uh, did, you know, here for the Phillies. So um, I, I, I think I agree that they will start the season in the rotation and, um, you know, barring them underperforming or, or whatever, um, it could change. And I also, you know, we, I don't think we should count out the possibility of the Phillies going to a six man rotation, whether that's, you know, Nola and Wheeler still pitching every, every fifth day and, and them kind of working the rest day by day, or, you know, you go the, the full six man and, and Nola and Wheeler only end up getting 25 starts instead of 30 just to uh, protect their arms. Um, but, but yeah, we, we will see. And um, definitely a deep rotation this year. Uh, our next question, another one from Twitter. Uh, Jojo Romero was great early, but struggled a bit down the stretch. Connor Brogdon was bad during his first call up, but showed amazing potential in September. Which versions of these pitchers do you guys think we will see in 2021? So Tim, I'll let you start. I've been trying to figure out who runs this Jack Fritz fans account. <laughs> because, um, I've known Jack since we were in college and like, no, he claims at least not to know who runs that. So I'm always interested to see who runs that. But um, I, I think you need one of Jojo Romero or Ranger Suarez to pitch like the pitcher that they were over the last uh, you had Ranger Suarez two years ago kind of gave you a flash and then Jojo Romero smashing the Red Bulls gave you a flash of it. You need at least one of those guys to hit. Connor Brogdon's a guy you're banking on. I mean, down the stretch of that season, he looked like he could be an all-star caliber reliever. And it is just so past time that the Phillies have someone come up out of the bullpen. And I mean, they had Sir Anthony Dominguez, but he got injured and they had Ken Giles, but they traded him come up and consistently for a few years, be an elite back end reliever. That's something they need to do. And if that happens, you get out of this cycle where you have to keep spending on guys that are 31, 32 and have a ton of tread on their arms because you're developing guys. So Connor Brogdon is one of the most key players on the roster this year. And I, I have confidence in him. I don't know if you're necessarily banking on his, his success. Cause he signed Archie Bradley. You're bringing back Hector Neris. You signed Brandon Kinsler, who was second in the NL and saves last year. So I'm not sure if you're going to rely on him to, you know, be a closer or be a setup man, but he is going to uh, pitch important innings. I, it, It's kind of weird because Connor Brogdon's 2020 season was like a tale of two halves. He came in that first game and the first pitch he threw was a home run. And then I remember him leaving the mound and 
remembering that there is nobody throwing in the bullpen and just remembering that like this must be terrible for his confidence and it led to him getting sent down and then he came back up and his velocity was up to 96 he was he was dominating so hopefully the Phillies could get a version of that to begin the season I I don't know he was he just looked so good that I'm not even sure that it's like you could kind of I'm not even sure if you could get that yeah Connor Brogdon uh his last six appearances as a Philly uh, he faced 29 batters and struck out 14 of them uh, allowed only three base runners and one hit so he was pretty much unhittable during that stretch I think it was you know maybe over the course of a week and a half at the end of the season I think out of Romero and Brogdon um, they're going to count on on Brogdon more just because I think he has the better stuff um and like when he was good last year he was just outright dominant and um you know Destin you mentioned he might not you know be pitching in the eighth inning in a in a really high leverage situation uh at the beginning of the season because they have guys but I think um you know he's he's the kind of guy who could be put into those situations later if he uh, pitches well in the beginning of the season as for Romero uh he pitched well probably what the first six or seven appearances of 2020 and then kind of you know, fell off from there, but outside of his stuff, which, you know, he was throwing 96, which was uh, kind of unbelievable for a guy who, you know, barely top 90 in the minor leagues. I don't think that you can be a, a guy who crushes a Red Bull when you enter in from the bullpen and not be good. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> so I think from that standpoint, he almost has to be good. I also think though, he could be really like mediocre but the Red Bull thing could carry you for a while. Like people are going to like you because of the Red Bull. It's the same as if you ride the bullpen card or whatever. The other thing I would say is that we don't know who the Phillies closer is going to be to open the season. It's not going to be Connor Brogdon, but my point is Archie Bradley signaled a willingness to pitch in whatever role. Hector Neris has been the closer. The second the Phillies acquired Brandon Workman last year, they made him the setup man. So I don't think Connor Brogdon's going to open the season. He'll probably open the season as your sixth or seventh inning guy. It would not shock me in the least, though, if this team is going to have success if he's pitching in the eighth or ninth inning by August or September. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, our next question comes from uh, for, former Phillies Nation contributor Brandon Apter on Twitter. Do the Phillies realistically have a chance to compete with the Braves, Nationals, and Mets, or will it still take another few years? Um, so the thing about this question is, like, I don't know where, what situation leaves the Phillies better in a few years than they are right now a lot would have to go right then or like a lot would have to go wrong right now. Like if they're going to overtake those teams, it'd be now. Uh, I'm going to say the Nationals probably don't belong on that list. I know they won the World Series two seasons ago, but everyone's getting older and they haven't done too much this offseason to um, build a lineup around Juan Soto. And, uh, you know, the Mets obviously have gotten a lot better, but, but you know, back to you know the, the question, are the Phillies good enough? Right now, I mean, they, they had one of the best lineups in baseball last year. They're running it back with that same same lineup. They have a really good top two in the rotation. And Zach Eflin, who knows? He was good last year. So the rotation, solid. The The lineup is, is pretty stacked. And if they had a good bullpen last year, they'd probably make the playoffs. So, again, I, I think right now you're looking at the Phillies' best shot to, to make a playoff run probably 
for the next five years because you're looking at Zach Wheeler aging into his contract, JT Realmuto aging into his contract, Bryce Harper aging into his contract. Yeah, I think the Phillies are set up better to win in 2021 than in 2025. So if they're not winning now, uh, it's going to be a long 15 or 20 years, I hate to say. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win that. At least they are built to win right now. They were built to win right now the last two seasons and finish with losing records. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't think they're as good as the Braves. And on paper, the Mets should be a team that wins 94, 95 games. You just never know with the Mets. It feels like it, it, it's like the Browns, like, okay, now you, the, the curse seems to have been lifted from the Browns. But until the Mets string together a few seasons where it's weird, strange, incompetent stuff happens, until they have a few years where that doesn't happen, it, it's hard to really bank on them. The Nationals are a, a super top-heavy team to me, so I love what they have at the top. I think Trey Turner might be the most underrated player in baseball. Juan Soto is the closest thing, like in terms of Barry Bonds, that I've seen since Barry Bonds. But uh, I, I just I, I don't think they're quite as good. So the Phillies should be a team that wins in the high 80s, maybe even into the 90s. I don't think they're going to compete with the Braves for the division, but could they win a wild card? Yeah, and they need to. I mean, they're, they're built to win right now. JT Realmuto realistically is probably at the back half of his prime. Bryce Harper is 28. Go down the list. This team, if they don't win this year, what what are they doing? Yeah, not if it's you know if you're not winning now, I really don't see them winning in four years. Like we talk about this window kind of being until 2023 when you have to sign Aaron Nola again if you if you want to resign him. Reese Hoskins is out of arbitration years, so that's that's two big pieces of your core that you don't have, and then you also have Ramuto aging and Harper aging. So. Yeah, they're, they're built to win now. Their problem mostly lies in just how good this division is. They're not better than the Braves. They're not better than the Mets. They could be, you know, once the season's played out. But um, And then it might not even be this year, but 2022 and 2023, I, I do think they'll be competitive. And, you know, the Mets have a lot of talent coming off the books, and there's chances to win. So, yeah, they got to win right now, and I, I don't see them they don't win right now, then they probably can't win in four years or six years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, our, our next question comes from Twitter from Nate Winchilla. What do you think the starting rotation will be by midseason? And do you think the Phillies add another pitcher before the regular season starts, whether it be a starter or reliever? Um, I think, I mean, I, I think the, the rotation midseason is, is going to be, you know, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Zach Eflin, and then a mixture of, of those guys we talked about earlier. I'm more focused from this question on, on the standpoint of, of, do they make a big trade? They ha- That's something they haven't done in season over the last couple of years. Um, obviously, you know, they, they acquired JT Real Muto in the offseason, and that was a blockbuster trade. But in season, you know, they've been, they've been in first place at the trade deadline, and, and then at least I think that was 2018, so maybe a little bit before they thought they were ready to compete. But um, they haven't made that pull that trigger on 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 a star at the deadline, and it does feel to me like like Dave Dombrowski and and right now like this year would be the year to do it. Let's say they're you know they're hovering around first place in the NL East or you know hanging on to a, a wild card spot. Do they do they go after um, a big name starting pitcher? Who knows? Uh, I don't know. Well, I look at it, and ten years ago, I, I would have viewed this organization and said. They don't have really anything to trade unless you're trading Spencer Howard or Mick Abel. 
But now I look at it and say, I, I see frontline star caliber players getting traded for peanuts. So Dave Dombrowski is one of the greatest at all time of all time at making major deals. Some have hit, some have really not hit, but he's made the deals. So if they're in a position to do that, yeah, I think they will. And uh, whatever happened, he has found a way to convince ownership to spend this year and acquiring a pitcher like that would likely require you going over the luxury tax threshold. But if John Middleton senses that chance and Dave Dabrowski seemingly has a good relationship with them, I don't think that ownership would stand in the way. To kind of think about where like the trade market will be in July, I don't think like talent will cost, it'll probably cost more at the trade deadline than it is now, just because we also don't know if there's going to be expanded playoffs. I mean, it's probably unlikely that it'll happen this year, but you know, if there's 14 teams getting into the playoffs, maybe the Phillies will kind of see that we have a chance to get in and they could make a deal. I, I, I think about this a lot. I, I do think there's a chance that Vince Velasquez could be traded. And we were talking about like how they have a lot of starting rotation. They have a lot of starting pitching and Chase Anderson, Matt Moore, and then Vince Velasquez could be the, the odd man out. I mean, they were shopping him in December, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on this team come the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, you know, they were linked last week to um, a couple names still on the starting pitching market. And if they were to sign anyone else, I would, I would be shocked if, if Vince Velasquez stayed, but as, as the, the roster stands right now, I do think they're really going for depth, expecting that guys won't be able to, to, you know, throw 175 innings. So having seven, you know, majorly ready starters is, it, it feels like what they're going to do for now. But I also like Dave Dombrowski loves to get his guys. Would, would we, we be surprised uh, for, with like a Chris sale trade at the, <laughs> the deadline? I, that would be a, a, <laughs> one of the dumbest things I could. Find. No, I, I think the more realistic well, one might be David price, but uh, that would require you giving some, some other major league piece up and maybe the Phillies don't have that, but that's someone that could potentially be expendable because of the Dodgers adding so much pitching that has the connection. And I believe his deal is up at the end of this year. If not, it's next year. So that that's maybe a more realistic one. Yeah, we will see. All right. Just a couple more questions here. Uh, who this is from Rob on Twitter, who is the Philly most likely to be a surprise all-star? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you have to go by position. Like third base and first base are extremely hard to make all-star games at. So, you know, I'm going to say Gene Segura at second base would probably be the most likely to be an all. Gene Segura was excellent at second base last year. He started a little slow offensively, but he was great defensively at all positions last year. And I, I just think it's become underappreciated because the whole Andrew McCutcheon thing the first year and whatever the case is last year, he was very good. And uh, the, the Phillies couldn't say enough positive stuff about him. So I'll say Gene Segura. I would go and say Alec Boehm. I know Tim's point that it's it's pretty hard to to make an all-star game at third base, but I kind of look at who's a who are the best third basemen in, in the NL and you got Machado, you have Arenado, you have Suarez, and then who else can you say is better than Alec Bohm? I know he he finished in top four in OPS, you know, minimum 180 plate appearances last year. So 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if Alec Bohm just goes on another tear in the first half of the season and makes an all-star team. Yeah, uh, I so I, I was going to say Segura. I definitely agree just in terms of second base is, is kind of a weaker position right now in the NL. And also, um, you know, Segura was really good there last year. Another guy uh, we talked about earlier in the podcast, Connor Brogdon. You know, maybe he is <laughs> as good as he was towards the end of last, last season and, and um, puts together an all-star caliber first half. Um, but... We'll see. And then our final question, this comes from Jaron from Facebook. How many wins for the Phillies this season? Uh, I feel like it's a little early to be in that discussion, but I'm going to say 88, and that's going to be right on the cusp. If, if it goes back, and I hope it goes back to just five teams, that's what it's set to be right now, but they didn't decide last year until the morning of opening day. Um, I, I'm going to say that's right on the cusp, so I'm going to say 88 games. So I'm a little more optimistic. I would say they reach 90 games. They win 90 games. I know that they have a lot of talent to do so. Dede Gloria said that in the press conference earlier. Um, it's going to be hard in this division, but I, I do think at least they'll be close to making the wild card. I don't know if 90 games will, will get you to a wild card spot, but yeah, I would say they, they finally finish above 500 at the very least, but I, I'd say 90 games. Yeah, I agree. I think they're in the 88 to 90 range. I guess I should give an exact number. I'll, I'll go with 90 as well. Um, but I, I do agree. Like, you know, this this National League right now, you have the Braves, Mets, Dodgers, and Padres. So, like, that means that, that getting a wild card spot, that might you might need 93 wins. And so, you know, it would not be as surprising to see the Phillies, like you said, finally – get above 500 and then, um, you know, have a really good season, but still miss out assuming that it's uh, a five team playoff from the national league and, and American league again. Um, but that, as I said, was our final question. So that'll do it for this mailbag episode of the Phillies nation podcast. Thanks again to Tim and destiny for coming on and thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. 